to X-Rated Movies. I'm one half of your hosting team, Matt Fisher. That over there is the other half of your hosting team, Ryan Whedon. Oh, this new recording setup. We got. We me. have no time to spare. I could not wait for Ryan to get back to his seat after hitting the record button. Well, I guess I'm settled in then. <laughs> just let's get that, going. That glimpse of Ryan's jockstrap just was too much, and I had to get going. <laughs> had to distract myself. I got you all hot and bothered over there. Just you're just a peacock over there. <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> it's funny you should mention that, Matt, because I have a topic today that I would like to talk about with you. Yeah, what's that? Well, it has to do with uh, I'm feeling a little nostalgic, and uh, I'd like to talk about uh, a time when the internet was fun. You mean back when it was known as the Worldwide Peacock Feathers? Exactly. <laughs> so we were talking off pod before we hit record, and uh, I abruptly had to jump into talking that uh, there was a time, you know, some of us of a certain age remember a time period when the internet was still kind of like, hey, here's this uh, funny commercial from my region maybe you would like it too and so you put it up on the internet and suddenly the world could see it right like that's how Vern Fonk became a national celebrity exactly remember to honk when you drive by Vern Fonk who was a, a Colorado Springs icon that well that the world need know about I'm not sure I can't remember his name but uh there was a the American Furniture Warehouse Oh, uh, sure. And uh, that guy had tigers in all his ads, like real-life tigers okay. running around on the furniture that you would purchase, okay. presumably. Um, and uh, that was always... There was also a carpet guy. I'd like to apply for a job as a rug and rider at Carpet Clearance Warehouse. You got experience in rugs, boy? Rug, boy, that's my middle name. I feel like there, there was a carpet guy in every town. Yeah. Like what it is it with carpet uh, guys? Everyone's got carpet. Everyone needs a guy. <laughs> it was. It just wasn't nationalized enough. It was like, it's all local carpet guys. And they yeah. all had their own, like, come on down to Carpet Warehouse. We've got every kind of carpet you could imagine. We got Bur- shag carpeting. We got Burber. short carpeting. We got Burberry carpeting. <laughs> it's wall-to-wall savings. <laughs> Come down to Crazy Lou's Carpet Emporium. Come down to Willy Nilly's Carpet Time. (laughs) Just look for the balloon green guy out front. Fun fact, you can't vacuum shag carpeting. Wait, how do you clean it then? You don't. You just brush it. Oh my god. You brush it? I grew up with green shag carpet. That's like wiping your ass with toilet paper. I know. Yeah. How primitive are we? Good God. Yeah, you would just you would sort of just brush it to make it stand up more, but you can't you can't clean it. Roll it back a little bit. You brush it so that it stands up more, and then what? It like shimmies and cleans itself. It doesn't clean it. You can't clean it. That's the thing. It's it's. It's just always gross. What? But like, <laughs> why would anyone get carpet that they couldn't clean? Because it's cool, baby. Could you like scrub it? Maybe I don't think so. I think that's why it like didn't stick around. Because like people would install it because they're like, oh, this is 
luxurious and then they'd spill like a whole bunch of coke on it or something because it was the 70s mm-hmm. and uh then they're like oh man nothing gets coke out of a carpet <laughs> yeah well i i heard that like every like 100 square feet of shag carpeting like after 10 years like weighs an extra like 12 pounds or something because of all the dead skin cells and shit in it yeah you can't you, you can't clean it that's the thing it's just gross i just forever Boy, that's a design flaw if I've ever heard one. Like, here, here's decadent. this thing, literally catches every particle of dirt in the air, and you can't clean it. Enjoy. Yeah. And people used to smoke. Oh, my God. Around shag carpeting and have bowls of nuts <laughs> with, like, peanut shells you could get in there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you spill a drink in that. God forbid someone barfs on it. That's going to smell for You got to get it out. You got to the, tear There's it no out. going back. No, you got to. You just, just got to get rid of it. You ah, might be able to hide like a square if you cut out the barf square and put in a, you know, but who's got squares of shag carpeting hanging around? <laughs> uh, <laughs> something about the, the term barf square. <laughs> it's just um, got my, got the wheels in my head churning. <laughs> Like a board game? Yeah, Barf Square. <laughs> Uh-oh, you're <laughs> on the Barf Square. <laughs> and there's a feather you have to, like... You press a button and... <laughs> and commercial is just, like, four kids, and you, like, hear the barf sound, and they all go, yay! <laughs> and there's the mom, like, making the... Mm, you kids. You're incorrigible. Um, so shag carpeting was to the seventies, like AOL was to the nineties or early aughts. Sure. Yeah. Just a big mistake that we would rather not think about. Did you have an AOL screen name? Did you have AOL? Were you too young for it? Uh, I had instant messenger. I never had an email, an AOL email, Okay. but I did have instant messenger. I don't remember my screen name though. Hmm. Was it? Maddie Morphin Power Ranger. <laughs> That's 1985. <good>. No. <laughs> okay. No, I think it was Matt LSK because, like, I remember in junior high, for some reason, like, I had like 40 bucks in cash on me at some point, and like two of my friends in the same day like needed money for lunch, so I loaned them money, and someone called me the Loan Shark King. Oh. Uh, and so like I think I just like made a screen name based on that so it was just like matt and then like capital lsk like loan shark king i like it and it's like literally all i did was like loan two people money in the same day <laughs> and it was like five dollars or <laughs> you know how much can a banana cost michael <laughs> like <laughs> what were you doing as a kid with forty dollars that's what i want to know uh i mean this was probably junior high i had a part-time job when i was like 13 14 what well, but hold the horses. I didn't grow up rich, Ryan. I needed to work for a living. 13? Who's hiring 13-year-olds to work? Well, as you may recall, uh, I took martial arts as, as, a, as a youngling. That, oh, that's right. That's another shocker <laughs> that you've, ta- learned, you've learned me on on the pod here. And so I, I uh, taught like the kindergarten uh, karate classes, and uh, we get paid for that. That's really cute. <laughs> 
Yeah, I did that for like a long time. Why like, didn't you include this in the karate? Uh, what karate episode? Like <laughs> karate. All right, I'm doing Karate Kid <laughs> next time, and you have to just. Dis- you know, you I've never to, seen that movie all the way through. You have to give me all divulge all your karate stuff. It's really unremarkable. Well, I want all the details because you keep dropping these little nuggets, and it's interesting to me. Uh, I mean, I can kill a man with my bare hands. What else do you want to know? Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can kill you six times before you hit the ground, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd like to learn more about that. I don't know. It, it, it's like really unremarkable to, to like when I think about it. And I was like, yeah, I did that for it was a hobby. It was, it's like saying like, oh, I went, I used to ski as a kid, and you being like, tell me more. Well, I used to ski as a kid. Tell me more. Um, my parents uh, both met at a ski club. They were in a ski club. That's oh. how they met. And so as soon as my brother and I were born and old enough to ski, they got us into ski lessons. So were you consummated at a, in, a, in a ski lodge? On a slope going down. <laughs> your dad was it's, just it like... It was a black diamond. <laughs> I was going to say, your dad was like, mm, let me get them double black diamonds. <laughs> let me get my paws on them. Let me get my poles in that double black diamond. There we go. Nailed it. It's my mother you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Although that is on brand for my dad. <laughs> What's your first memory of the internet? Uh, definitely signing into AOL with yeah. friends at a friend's house. Uh, Courtney Schaffner, if you're listening. Actually, Caballero now. My apologies. Um, but at the time, she was Courtney Schaffner. And she had a computer in her basement and we we logged on and i remember it making all the like crazy 90s internet noises that you heard of mm-hmm. and uh we would we went into a chat room and we those were cha- <laughs> the wild west of the internet that was like going into a saloon in tombstone yeah, or something yeah she was really into i'm gonna guess it was a smashing pumpkins themed chat room because she really liked smashing pumpkins and this wasn't too long after melancholy and the infinite sadness had come out so probably 97 98 96 97 yeah somewhere in there and yeah i remember like us all gathered around and telling her what to type be like oh type this type this <laughs> wow okay and, uh, she liked to type in all caps because she thought it was funny but people would get really upset and they'd be like it's stop like yelling. yelling yeah she would they would say stop yelling and it's like She's just typing in caps because she thinks it's funny. It's it's like yelling, though. Well, Bad that's one of my earliest protocol. memories of the internet. <laughs> you, go. Um, I yeah. mean, for you, it was probably like when you started your YouTube channel because you're that young, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, my YouTube channel, uh, Tyler Oakley, um, <laughs> airs every Tuesday. <laughs> We should be cross-promoting because he has lots of followers. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, I don't know why I haven't uh, promoted the podcast on my YouTube channel, but, you know, here we are four and a half years out. <sighs> <laughs> no, it would have had to have been at a friend's house, and I want to say, like, my first, like, personal memory of it was probably, like, online gaming, like playing StarCraft or something. Oh, wow. Um, or AOL Instant Messenger or just uh, uh, email. Like, I think just emailing friends, like, it was just 
before you could text you'd be like hey what are you doing like after school tomorrow like even though i could like see them at school the next day huh yeah i don't know some combination of those because like my family didn't get the internet until like well after most of the other kids had internet mm-hmm. and so i always had to like use it at like a friend's house like i could only check my email at like friend's house or at school or something yeah it was fun to like you know once i got it at my own house which wasn't too long after courtney had hers and other various friends were getting it as it was happening. You could have them be your friends on AOL and you could see when they were logged in. Yeah. And it was exciting sometimes to like see like, oh, my friend's here. Like I can say hi to them this way. I remember chatting with someone on Facebook, like a, a, a friend of mine, and uh, he said BRB. I was like, who says that now? <laughs> like this was like five years ago probably, uh-huh. maybe a little bit more. I was like, BRB? I, I was like, I haven't used that in in a billion years. Like, you had to use it with AOL. Like, if you didn't respond in a timely manner, people were like, well, where the fuck is he? Oh, God. Uh, I just always assumed lost connection. Because in those day and ages, if somebody else picked up the telephone, it was like, click, you're off. Well, because AOL, you could do, like, away messages. That's right. I and so uh, I'd always do some, you know obsequious like uh, uh music quote like like probably from like tool or radiohead or something mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you know someone would be like hey matt what's up and then like the auto response of like uh i've done the math enough to know the dangers of our second guessing <laughs> good one <laughs> Or like, yeah, or maybe like a Radiohead quote, because it's like, it's not like you could tell what he was singing. <laughs> like, I'm really trying hard to work in a Karma Police <laughs> quote right now. Uh, karma Police. Was it like, oh, 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 okay. Cracked eggs, dead birds. <laughs> this machine will not communicate. Is that from Karma Police? No, that's from Street Spirit, but which oh. is also directed by Jonathan Glazer. Okay, so. sure, 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 sure. Is that the one where Tom York's head is in like a... Or, no, or... that's no surprises. Oh, okay. No, uh, Street Spirit's the last one on the bends, and it's all black and white, but like slow mo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Those were cool music videos. Fuck yeah, because they were directed by Jonathan Glazer, <laughs> who also happened to direct today's movie, Matt. Ooh, seamless. That felt like butter. <laughs> what movie is that, Ryan? Well, today's movie is the 2004, I'm just going to call it a drama, Birth. Happy birthday, Matt. <laughs> yeah. L- l- Long l- time coming. I I just want to say, applaud to us for that transition. Yeah, we, 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 we did that. Uh, that might have been the best transition we've ever oh, done. In and out, just, oh, you wouldn't see we, it we, coming. We, we took we... the scenic route, but like, right when we needed to hit that off ramp, we got it mm, perfectly. Mm, mm. I'm patting my Just, back, patting myself yeah. on the back. <laughs> Four and a half years of yammering on, and we finally figured out how to pivot to the conversation. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's all about putting on your turn indicator and getting into the far lane, mm-hmm. but not like right when you need to get off. Like do it a little, a little like a mile ahead of time. I think we're ruining it. Anyway, okay, <laughs> right. Um, birth, birth. 
birth, 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 birth. So this is a long time coming, Matt. Yeah. And it feels a little bit like uh, the snake eating itself because I mentioned this movie randomly early on when I watched it the first time I saw it because that was when we used to do the Whatcha Watchin' segment on the podcast. I watched the movie too. Um, I watched Birth. Finally got around to watching that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then it came up again a couple years later when Jessica Baxter asked us a question on Facebook. You know how we're putting out feelers for opening material? Because we're not good at coming up with ourselves. (laughs) A friend of the pod, Jessica Baxter. Oh, the linchpin. Who you might remember from uh, Wild at Heart and our Quick and Dirty on Mandy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, she said that we should talk about really disturbing things we've seen in movies that were not horror movies. Yeah, or not meant to disturb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when she threw that out there, I had something like just jump to my <sighs> Same head. here, immediately. Well, you go first. What was yours? Birth. Here we are today. Yeah, so you, this is a movie, you probably, what, saw it initially two, three years ago? Was that? Yeah, I think I figured it was 2017. Okay. So, yeah, four years ago, yeah. And what prompted you to watch it initially? Watching Under the Skin for the oh. podcast. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, just being like, oh, I got to watch. This is my only glazer. Uh, at the time, it was my only missing glazer. And so I filled that hole right up as soon as I could. Mm. And uh <sighs> I'm still disturbed by this movie. I liked it better on second viewing, but it's still, it really rattles me. It really gets under my skin. Time has been very kind to this movie, I feel, because I remember it wasn't released to a lot of fanfare, or at least not the fanfare that I was paying attention to. Like, I wasn't, like, a huge movie buff in 2004, but, like, I was still, like, paying attention. Like, I think this is, like, the same year as, like, Grizzly Man. Um, yeah, close to it. Yeah. Close to it, and and uh, well, I'd you... seen Dogville, and that was on my radar at the time. Okay, and that was two thousand three. Yeah, so I mean, you'd think I'd know about it, but yeah, it, like flew right by me. Yeah, and uh, it just kind of seems like when I read reviews, they're not exactly glowing. Like like of the time when it of came the out. time, yeah. yeah. And now it seems like people have really reassessed their opinions on this one. That now it it's. I don't want to say stealth masterpiece, but it, like, overlooked, maybe, I guess is the right term, that, like, people watched it, they weren't wow, they kind of shelved it, and it's not until people kind of circled back to it or newer viewers went into it, because I remember, I think I watched this, I was dating Lincoln at the time, so I'm going to say 2009, 10 was when I watched this initially, and I remember liking it, but not being like, wow, that's an amazing movie. Is that the only other time you've seen it? Yeah, this was my second viewing. Okay, yeah. I, yeah, second viewing I liked a lot more. I think, I think the the buzz around it when it came out is something that can kind of spoil it for you, because it makes it seem like it's going to be a horror or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to call it that. I don't want to, I don't even want to call it a thriller. While it's disturbing, I think it's still just at its heart a drama. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's a... Oh, 100%. Like, a disturbing drama. What I kind of, like, watch, like, in the first, like, 10 to 15 minutes, the impression that I took from it is that uh, uh, when Under the Skin came out, you heard the word uh, Kubrick being thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. And it it's really appropriate, not necessarily for Jonathan Glazer's style, necessarily. Like, it's not like he's got... Kubrick's sense of symmetry or or pace. Yeah. But 
he does seem to like pick a genre and like make a movie that is a hundred percent the things that we think of that genre while also not transcending it, but like emboldening it, like expanding it maybe a little bit. Okay. Because to me, I was like, Oh, like this is his eyes wide shut. Like this is an interpersonal drama, like explored with the same sense of curiosity that they have for like outer space aliens and artificial intelligence or something you yeah know? i would even say like he did that with sexy beast that like that's his way of exploring a heist movie yeah exactly yeah uh because it's like you know stanley kubrick would like he did like you know one film for like every genre you know sometimes he repeated but uh and i kind of feel like that's what jonathan glazer's doing it's like yeah sexy beast is like a heist gangster movie then we have this that's an interpersonal drama, and we have Under the Skin, which is sci-fi. And it's like they're three very different movies, but they all kind of embody the exact qualities of that genre. I like that. And, yeah. like, he does it super cinematically. Ugh. It's like you'd think a movie of just, like, people talking would be super boring. I was watching it this time thinking, this is very sparse dialogue. Like, there isn't a ton of talking. For a movie that is about, like, yes, yeah, essentially people talking. A lot of meaningful glances. <laughs> oh, my God. The scene in, like, the symphony or the concert. Mm-wah. Just a lot of meaningful glances. I just, so this movie uh, stars Nicole Kidman, and the movie really hinges on her performance. Like, if she's not there selling it, you got nothing. <laughs> Controversial opinion number one. Controversial opinion number one. This is Nicole Kidman's best performance. <gasps> Matt, I love you. No, I, I was going to say, this. if it wasn't her best, this is a very strong yeah. showing. From, it, and from you her. know that like Dogville is like a top ten movie for me. Yeah. And I think the performance here is more virtuoso. Ugh. Like It's not that she's not good in Dogville or that she's not at the top of her game. But there's something specific about this one that it really hinges on the smallest little details of what her face is doing. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, if not for her performance, I don't think this would be a movie. Like, I don't think this would work. Well, it's because everything that's happening, she so rarely voices what she's feeling. Because how could you in this situation? Mm -hmm. And also... In uh, when she's in like a sphere of people around her, she can't say what she's thinking because it's so taboo a lot of the time. So she has to keep it all within. But you can see what she's thinking. Like a lot of shots in this are just like slow push-ins on her face. Mm-hmm. And every time those happen, you still can follow the threads of what's going on because of the scenes we've seen previously, but also the performance is like, she's giving us woman going through something. (laughs) Just like the first scene that we see of her, like at the cemetery and she's just at the grave. We don't hear anything that she's saying. And she's just having a private moment. And then she comes back and like sits in the car and she looks at, at uh, Danny Houston and she's like, okay. And like, just like in her face you can see her and she's like and i'm pulling myself together and back to reality yeah and it's just it's all in her face and i just remember it was like the moment she says okay i was like and i'm on board with this movie yeah already on its wavelength that's a i mean that's a great example because it's like she and later we learned that like 
in that moment, while she says she's okay, she's she's still not. Yeah, she's, she's not over it. She's still pulling herself together. Yeah, yeah. And you you see it all in her face. Like oh, yeah. it's one word of dialogue, and the rest is just her performance of the situation. Yeah, her look is important too because I think it's sort of she has a very short pixie haircut, a la um, Mia Farrow, Mia Farrow. Who's always blurry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, and that, like, clearly this movie sort of is referencing, uh, Rosemary's Baby, I think, because, you know, that's another wealthy New York couple going through something that's happening sort of, like, in the background, and so you have to deal with that and the society. Yeah, Yeah. um, but also it allows us to just see her face, like, you really focus on it, you're not looking, like, I'm not, she's not wearing a wig, that is her hair. This is my hair, I don't want wigs. And I'm not I'm not thinking about her hair though, like because her hair is so so short. All I can see is like what her face is doing. It's like um, the passion of of Joan Arc, you know? Oh, okay. almost even like I hate like being a snob here, but like those scenes where her head's shaved and she's like close ups on her face. That's what makes that movie, mm-hmm. and like that's kind of what makes this movie. It's like her hair's not shaved here, but it's so short that I'm not thinking about traditional things that I would be thinking about. I'm just focusing on what she's doing as an actress also controversial opinion number two controversial opinion number two i think she looks better with short hair <gasps> well yeah i know i just part of me is like is it because she kind of looks like a boy <laughs> but i was just i don't know you could not mistake her for a boy with those eyebrows <laughs> that's true those are crazy eyebrows in this movie <laughs> but uh I, I was just like that short hair absolutely works for her oh like, yeah she looks good yeah and i was just like the, the color of her hair looks good, and then just, like, skin tone. I was just like, she looks fabulous here. This is a look she should rock all the time. Oof. I mean, we're just going to have to keep coming back to Nicole Kidman's performance because it's the crux of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we've also got... I think the other thing this movie hinges on is the crux of the little boy. So I guess we haven't said the premise, but it's basically Nicole Kidman's husband dies. Who must have been fairly young, and it's odd that... they. They don't specify, but it's like he had a heart attack while jogging. Right. It's like, he's exercising. Why is he having a heart attack? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, But 10 years later, a boy comes to her claiming to be her husband. So he's like the reincarnated version of her husband. Uh, Begging her not to marry this guy. Danny Houston. Danny Houston. Angelica Houston's half-brother. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, you can see the John Houston in him. Yeah, now that you say that. Yeah, totally. He's got that way of speaking about him that's uh, very pronounced. Mm -hmm. And uh, good casting. I like him because he he definitely is the person you settle for. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ouch. Sorry. Uh, Like, even just that opening speech when he's talking about how, like... I met Anna at a party. And I called her to see if she'd go out with me, but she said no. But I kept calling. It took one year to get her to have dinner with me. (laughs) A year after that, I asked her to marry me. She said no. A year later, I asked her again, and she still said no. Two weeks ago, she said maybe. Tonight, I stand before you with a yes. I mean, good for you for persistence, but it's like she obviously doesn't love you. Um, <laughs> Ouch. I'm sorry. 
anyway, I think that was good casting and a good performance from him. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love Danny Houston. I think he has uh, shit taste for like what roles he picks. Like, mm. I think he's just like, yeah, what, whatever you got for me, I'll do it. Like, because he's he's great in this and he's great in the proposition. Um, I think I've seen that. And uh, is that the Guy Pierce Western? Oh, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. He's like the brother that he like has to go hunting for. Oh, okay. And he's in like a couple seasons of American Horror Story. Oh, and he's in Children of Men too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like he's in lots of stuff. Uh, but I don't know. He, he, if you look up like his IMDb, he has like a hundred credits and like nothing you've ever heard of. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I think he's really good because I think John Huston was for the lane that John Huston could embody. Like Danny Huston's like a good offshoot of that, but it's like. You know, you couldn't cast like John Houston's like Hamlet or something like that. Right. Uh, He's got to be the scumbag stealing water from Los Angeles. Exactly. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. There's something about the way that that uh, John Houston talked that like is in Danny Houston that for some reason I kind of find intoxicating a little bit. Okay. 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 So yeah, that's 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 sort of the premise of this movie, and uh, it gets a little squiggy. Like it's a little uncomfortable. Oh, you mean like uh, when Nicole Kidman's contemplating pedophilia? Yeah, <laughs> that's the one I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, I... what is she thinking when he's playing on those monkey bars? That's the that's the that's where your mind is going. <laughs> <laughs> is she just like ooh, I to be one of those monkey bars? <laughs> Well, because they're, like, eating ice cream, and she's like, you know, I have needs. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's like, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. You ever made love to a girl? You'd be the first. He's yeah. like, I'll figure it out. Can't be that complicated. <laughs> you say that now. I know. It's like a, eating a bowl of spaghettios first sometimes watching movies like this when i you know 10 years ago or so when i watched it it wasn't as squeamish to me for some reason and i think it's because as i age i have a better understanding of what's completely socially unacceptable and a grown-ass woman (laughs) having bath time with Ooh, put a pin in it. someone else's 10-year-old. Yeah. Like, I, I'm watching it this time. I'm like, how the fuck am I not... Was I not, like, completely disgusted it's, when I initially watched this? Oh, it's pushing the envelope. I'm, I was here by myself watching this, and I was still, like, like moving around on the couch. Like, I am... Because s- of your erection? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> mommy! You're into that. Oh, hey, Porno Hub. They've released their stats on the most searched for words every year. Please don't say it's daddy. It's milf. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. But I mean, maybe I shouldn't put it in. Maybe we should just talk about it now. But like that scene is filmed very tastefully. Actually, I watched it very closely this time. I don't think they're actually in the tub together or if they are they're wearing swimsuits okay all the parts are covered uh-huh. but i think for the most part it's okay what are you doing i'm looking at my life watching it especially if you don't know it's coming 
you would know. It seems like Nicole Kidman got in the bathtub naked with a little boy who's naked. Yeah, and you know, because there's another bathtub scene later on. Right, right. And I think you're right. I think if you watch it closely, it's all sort of shot, reverse shot. Yeah. And I don't think that they're actually in, like, sharing the frame at any point. Because it's like he's naked in the bathtub and she's like, I have a plan. We're going to run away together. You and me. Okay? And in 11 years, you're going to turn 21. Okay? You hear me? Do you hear me? And we're going to get married. Okay? That patented Nicole Kidman whisper that only she can do. And it's just, it's gross because, like, she's being sort of affectionate towards him. Like, she's made this decision and, like, he's naked in the bathtub and talking about, like, and in 11 years, when you're 21, we'll get married. I wonder what you'll look like. <laughs> this and Zoo are, like, two of the squiggiest movies I've ever sat through because, like, because, and I think it's, I think the reason that it's it's a good movie is because it makes you really wrestle with the thought. Like the first time I watched this, I was in a, a relationship and I couldn't help but think like, what if like a lover that I miss from my 20s, which I have, like came back at this point in my life when I've like made this these decisions. It's like, that's a tough thing to wrestle with. And watching it now as a single person, I still, like, can relate to her plight, you know? Like, yeah, even though it's gross. Well, I mean, you got to think it's like, okay, husband, presumably young, presumably it was a shock, like, if he's... Oh, it has to be, yeah. Jogging through Central Park, I mean, Nicole Kidman looks... Well, I mean, Nicole Kidman looks like she's 27, but she's probably playing someone in the like, mid to late 30s. I was going to say, like, yeah, mid to late 30s would be how old she is in this movie. Yes. Uh, so, you know, 10 years prior when the husband died, she's in her late 20s. Yeah. And, you know, how old is her husband? Oh, he's got to be in his 50s or at least late 40s. You think the husband was, was that old? Oh, 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 I thought you were talking about her to be husband no uh, no, no the one the, that, that we, died we don't know we, we really don't it, know it's true but like you know he's athletic he's running through the park it, like it seems odd like we never see what he looks like obviously but he also lectures on uh splitting the atom though so he's got to be at least yeah. like we don't know i mean <laughs> i think you think that someone who knows about the atom has to be old no but you know i just if you're lecturing I think actually, so this is a, this is something I caught on this view. I think that's important that we really don't know too much about Sean, because the the only time we actually see Sean on we hear him do some voiceover about how reincarnation is bullshit at the mm-hmm. very beginning, and then we we follow him jogging, and then he has a heart attack and dies, and uh, then the next shot is somebody giving birth. But um, that's all we see. So every thought we have about sean is projected onto sean the boy mm-hmm. and based on people's reactions to how sean the boy is saying things so it's like i think it's really smart to not give us a lot of information of who sean actually was because then we're just projecting it all onto this kid along with everybody else mm-hmm. so 
who knows how old he is, I guess is my point. Yeah. Uh, it's just the impression, like, because we see his silhouette, like, we see his figure, and, like, that he's jogging. I think we see, like, a suggestion of his face, like, when he's having the heart attack. Mm-hmm. Like, side, he's wearing, like, a hoodie, and we see it, like, kind of off to the side. It's just, like, you know, when you think of, like, someone dying of a heart attack, you don't think of a young, vibrant, vital person. Yeah. Like, you think of someone old, and this person doesn't meet that qualification. I'll give it to you. I thought he was We also too. don't actually know how he died. He could have had an aneurysm or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, so so we don't know. I love that that whole sequence, by the way, though. The the long shot of him running, running through the park. And then, yeah, it cuts to the tunnel, and, like, because it's all white snow, but he's a black, he's in black running. Yeah. And then it like reverses the colors when we're suddenly through the tunnel and like the whole screen gets black and there's just like this little semicircle of white. It looks great. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but so, okay. So it's a shock to her, you know, we don't know how long they've been married, so they might even still be in like the honeymoon phase and it's taken her, you know, a decade before she can feel like she should move on. Mm-hmm. And, it's like the moment she takes this step of like, okay, I need to start the next chapter of my life. Exactly. Suddenly her dead husband, you know, back from the tomb in this little boy's body. I just put these feelings in a box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I went to your grave, probably said, I'm getting married and I'll always love you. I'll always love you, but I need to, to like, I'm still alive. I need to keep living. Oh, that's totally what she was there for. And then all of a sudden, like the next day or like that evening or something. Yeah. And you know, she was probably there like on the anniversary of his death or something too. Oh fuck. Yeah, probably. Or at least close to it, you know? And yeah. And then suddenly this comes out. So it's like, yeah, she just decided like I need to move forward and this happens. Yeah. So it's even more eerie for her because it's, it's probably been on her mind, like weighing on her. Yeah. And she just feels like free from this, this weight from this trauma, or at least like that she's ready to start moving forward mm-hmm. and she can't now. All right. Now portray that with your face <laughs> and no words go. Yeah. That's what she had to do. That concert hall scene. Like the way. Okay, let's just talk about it. The way her eyes turn red while she's just sitting there. Like I was here. Like that. That's cinema. That. That's a movie. It's the one of the longest zoom ins. It must be a zoom in. They can't be pushing the camera over those people that way. Yeah, I don't think so. It's just a nice, gentle zoom. The part that from it I noticed this part was like when it's really close on her face and she's like just about ready to cry and Danny Houston turns to her and whispers something to her ear she like she does like a jump like like she wasn't expecting to be talked to because she's so in her own head at that moment I'm like that's a and the music's so concert. dramatic oh I think it's Wagner actually so. yeah oh oh let's uh take this moment to talk about the score I really like the score it's, it's some semi-traditional. We've got, like, a lot of, like, harps and flutes and strings, like, classical kind of things. But, but then like there's, in like, a, a minimalist w- way. Mm-hmm. But then there's, like, a weird uh, it's like a l- electronic pulse there underneath. There is. I kept thinking my neighbors were playing music too loud. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it adds, like, an ominous tone attention. to everything. Yeah. yeah. It, it adds, like, a, a sense of tension. Because, yeah, you have these really high notes of, like harps or flutes or piccolos or, or some combination yeah, like of hurdy-gurdies and things like that. 
And then, yeah, below it, like, almost to where it almost doesn't sound like music. It just sounds like a pulse. Yeah. Uh, And that, that juxtaposition of those two really, like, it feels like there's something boiling underneath that's, like... Just bad, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but really interesting score. I I really enjoyed it. I did too. Uh, he does good scores. Like the one for Under the Skin was good too. Oh yeah, it was a great score. I was shocked because I did not remember that uh, Ted Levine is in this movie. Ted Levine. Oh, is he uh, Pancakes House? Where's Pancakes House? No, uh, I can't remember that actor's name. Um, <laughs> no. Okay. No, Ted Levine. Uh, uh, I'd fuck me. What? You don't know what pain is. What? Who's he? He is the father of Sean. <gasps> no, with the mustache. Yeah. He's oh the, no the way. The tutor. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, because uh, like the voice, I was like, oh god, that sounds like Ted Levine, but I was like, it doesn't look like him. It can't be him. I didn't see his name doesn't in the look opening credits. Like him. But then I looked it up. Totally Ted Levine. Oh, that's hilarious. So yeah. Ted, I'd fuck me, Levine. Peter Storme is Pancake's House. Oh, good job. This movie's full of bona fides. <laughs> uh, Pancake's House, I'd fuck me. And H is in probably her <laughs> finest role. All right, controversial opinion number three. Controversial opinion number three. And H looks better with long hair. She's also really good in this movie. She's super good in this movie. I don't see Anne Hache. Like me part neither. of it might be the hair, might be a wig. That like, could be a wig. Could be a wig. But, like, I don't see Anne Heche. And that's, like, a, that's a struggle, usually, with, with her. Like, she disappears into this character, which the character doesn't have a lot to do. And usually when you put someone who, like, I, you know, I can recognize Anne Heche. You know, usually when you put a big-ish name in sort of a nondescript role, like, you just see that actor. Yeah. And that was not the case. And you know what? I had forgot how that whole thing plays out with her character. Mm-hmm. And so the scene when Nicole Kidman goes to talk to Pancake's house, house and Anne <laughs> yeah. uh, which is probably my favorite scene in the movie because it comes halfway through and all she's doing is summarizing what, what's happened so far. Yeah. But like through her. He is coming into our house. He came into my mother's birthday party unannounced he came in and we thought that he was with the um the, the, the drummonds you know you remember mr and mrs drummond don't you he came in with them and he told me that he loves me and that he doesn't want me to marry joseph and i thought this is a joke it's silly and I told him to go home, and then um, he sent me a letter the next day that said, don't marry Joseph. And that's when you're like, this is, give her the fucking Oscar already. <laughs> but also, there's like certain cuts to Anne Heche in mm. that scene, mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, na-, like once I remembered what happened, I it, was like, that's, that's clever, because otherwise you're just like, oh, she's just sympathizing and being like, oh, this is a crazy story. But really, inside... And he's just thinking, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I want to fuck that 10-year-old. <laughs> Cut me off a piece of that. Because <laughs> she says when she confronts him, she's like, Have you had been Sean? And I kind of hoped you had. You would have come to me first. 
And I would have explored this. You know, this is one of those movies that it's like, it seems super subtle until like you notice it and you're like, oh, it's the fucking most obvious thing in the world if you watch movies actively. Yeah. Because it's like the beginning of the movie is like Anne Heche like going out into the park and burying something and the kid fucking following her. Yeah. And because I remember the first time that I watched it, I was like really sort of like aggressive. I was like, how does the kid know? How, how is it? How is it? Like, how, how is this happening? And knowing like the twist of it this time and watching it from that point of view, I was like, oh, they show you <laughs> the kids like <laughs> going out and like digging up. Like they don't show like the actual digging, but like they show the kid following Anne Heche like out to the park just yeah. like see what was buried. And I was like, that's so fucking obvious. With enough breadcrumbs. Yeah. It's super obvious. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, when I watched it initially, I was like, oh, I get movies. <laughs> and watching how I'm just, oh my God, how did I not piece it together before? I mean, I don't know, it's subtle, so... I mean, you, subtle, it's dialogue-less, it's just, yeah, I mean, it is fairly subtle, you but... Can be forget- At that point, you don't know what that boy means. Right, that's true, that's true. So watching it now and knowing, like, who who everyone is in the grand scheme of the story, I'm just like... Oh my god. <laughs> it's spelled out for us yeah, all right it's here. It's right there. So I guess watching it this time I kind of thought well, okay, let me let me put it this way. The first time I watched it, I liked that there was sort of ambiguity as to whether or not Sean was actually a reincarnation. Like and I still kind of got that this second viewing, but I almost liked the movie better thinking that like it was all the letters and this kid just had some sort of weird like he like imprinted on her and was like I have to be this this Sean because he has the same name or something and he's just looking for something because then the movie becomes about like Nicole it's all about Nicole Kidman's sort of like uh, struggle like her moral struggle of like I know I shouldn't fuck this 10-year-old. Yeah, and it, it, it's not... There isn't, like, a magical element to it, like, a romantic magical element to it. It's just about, like, how close is this woman actually going to come? And even when she's faced with the reality of it, like, no, he read all the letters. He was just doing this. Like, she almost still doesn't want to believe it. Well, I don't know if we want to jump to the end. Uh yeah, but, we're gonna jump all around. I, we're, I, we got things. To, we haven't even talked about Lauren Bacall yet. So oh my god, we'll come back. Also in Dogville, that's right. Uh, well, all right. Let me let me ask you this: Do you think they made it, uh, uh, Danny and Nicole? Like, I don't think they even got married. <laughs> so I was thinking that the the pictures because like usually you take that at the beginning before the service. No, because the husband's right there. You can't see the bride before the wedding. Oh, that's true. So they must have gone through with the ceremony so it's right after the ceremony. Yeah. Okay, that makes yeah. Yeah, actually, I think you take them right after the ceremony. You're right. Yeah. But it's like you know something's on her mind while the pictures are being taken, and then it kind of cuts back to Sean for a little bit, and then it cuts back to Nicole and Danny. And she's on the beach getting her wedding dress ready, all salty. Ready to throw herself into the waves. Yeah, it's like, all right, Nicole, you're you're, uh, you're a Virginia wolf and something else. <laughs> like, you can't just walk into a body of water and she, drown she's yourself. She's grabbing rocks and putting them in her wedding, yeah. wedding dress pockets. because yeah, wedding dresses totally have pockets. <laughs> and she's ready to walk into the sea. But, like, we don't know, like, yeah, those pictures could have 
been before the wedding. That's true. That's true. Or could like we don't know what state the wedding is is in, and then we don't really know, like if she if this is a runaway bride situation. Um, <laughs> She's not lacing up sneakers. We don't see that. <laughs> there could be. There could there be. Could be sneakers under the dress. It's a long, flowy dress. <laughs> and yeah, I was just like, we don't know if they were if they got married, even. And I was just like, boy. This is sort of a handful he's got himself now. No, yeah. Honey, you need to go to therapy. So really work out that grief issues. Do you think they made it? Absolutely not. <laughs> you, you you think even if they did get married, they just drove straight to like the divorce lawyers. I would. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, there is like a certain amount of denial on her part because clearly it took her a while to accept the fact that he was dead because it took her long enough to be like, okay, I'm going to marry this guy because he seems stable and he <laughs> likes me and I guess that's good enough. We also get the obligatory like sort of bad sex. Sort of like a la uh, Julianne Moore and Safe. Exactly. Yeah. I lo- like that shot is so like the woman on her back, the man on top of her just sort of humping her. Although <laughs> in this movie it's like, she seems kind of into it. Yeah, um, she's not against it. It's just something else is on her mind a little yeah. bit. She's distracted. Um, by the way, when I saw that this time, I was like, I'd love to see that in a gay movie. I don't think we've seen like a gay obligatory sex is bad scene. <laughs> Can you imagine one? Do you, do you know one? No, I don't think so. I also think the missionary position is is tough in, in gay land. It's like, what do you do with your feet? <laughs> How do you emote your feet to be dissatisfied? I've got some videos I can show you. <laughs> Really? <laughs> what sort of banal taste in pornography do you have? I'm Googling on Pornhub missionary. <laughs> Bored bottom. It's <laughs> my kink. Whatever. It's, it's Don't kink shame me. You want a bottom that's like just there for the paycheck. <laughs> They're like reading a New York Times. Or they got an Us Weekly. <laughs> Checking their watch. Seeing what Britney Spears is, she's been freed yet. <laughs> Yawning. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. So she's she's already like, I don't even feel like she's forty percent into this relationship. She's just doing it because like her mom, played by Lauren Bacall, is sort of pushing her to do it. Hollywood legend Lauren Bacall. Is there anything better than Lauren Bacall's voice? Oh, my God. Oh, please, God, help me. Somebody. <laughs> it's that perfect range of, like, husky, but, like, not raspy. Uh, but she almost has, like, an accent. Yeah. Ugh, I could listen to it for days. <laughs> yeah, no, she it, she aged into her voice really well. Because, like, I know that, like, back in the day, it wasn't, like, super high-pitched. But it's, like, as she got older, it got deeper. Mm. Anyway. So I just uh, yeah I don't think she's happy and I think she needs to go to therapy and kind of work out these issues with her her grief issues with her dead husband because obviously she's ready to believe that like this ten year old boy is her dead husband because he's playing a prank basically. Well, and, I mean maybe is he? I mean maybe, but like that's the interpretation I went through this. I liked to choose to watch this movie with this. Time. I mean, there's a lot of. Because also, you could say that, like, he is the reincarnation. 
I mean, you could say that, or that he just genuinely thinks that he's the reincarnation. Sure. That there's something about these letters that just spoke to him or enchanted him. So I will say, there's certain aspects of this movie that don't hold up to a lot of scrutiny. Mm. Like, one, if uh, Sean came into my life and was pretending to be a a long-dead lover of mine reincarnated, I would have a billion questions to try and, like, prove him wrong. And they, like, they sort of ask him, like, well, you tell me something that that only I would know. And I'm like, no, I would be asking him questions. Mm. And it's like he does like three or four facts, and they're like, oh, my God, it's the child. It, it, it's Sean reincarnated. It's got to like, be, yeah. I'm like, oh, you, your detective work's a little, <laughs> little shoddy here. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, there, yeah, there's just one time I was like, I would ask a hundred more questions. I don't know. Like, like they do make some excuses. Like, he... he he acts as if, like, more memories are coming to him sometimes. Yeah, he's like, I- I'll know it when I see it. Exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, like with the Santa Claus lady and stuff like but that. But, like, the way that's like, you know, tell me something that, like, couldn't be looked up or referenced. He's like, we did it on your sofa. That's fun, but it's like, I would ask him something specific, not let him guide the conversation. Yeah, that's uh, true. That's the other point. part is, like, we don't know a lot about Sean's, like, was he a regular 10-year-old boy and something happened to him after he read these letters? Like, the parents don't say whether or not this is just how he is. He's always been this somber, deep, sullen child. Or it's like, oh, no, he was fine, and then something happened to him two weeks ago or something. Like. Yeah. Well, it seems the mom seems genuinely shocked when he says, I'm not your stupid son anymore. So it does seem like this is kind of a sudden change. Yeah. I just would have been asking the parents. I was like, what was he like a year ago? Like, has he always been this way? Like, when did this shift start for you? And like, I don't know. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, we don't see Sean's dad. So this could be. No, that's Ted Levine. You're right. (laughs) I was going to say maybe there was, like, a divorce or something, and then this mm. is how he's acting out. But, mm. like, there still could be some sort of, like, trauma he's going through, and this is how he's acting it out. Well, because, like, we get shots of Sean just contemplating things. Yeah. So it's, like, regardless of whether or not he's faking it or whether or not he knows that he's faking it, he does seem to be a, a still waters run deep sort of kid. Yeah. Well, in the end, when he's, like, getting his photo taken by the photographer, and and he's like... I don't go to your building anymore, and I've been seeing an expert. They sure talk a lot. They said I've been imagining things. Mom said maybe it was a spell, but it's a good thing that it's gone away now. It's just a mystery. We just have to live with the fact that, like, something overtook him. Or... And like, and whether you want to make it like a, a woo-woo spiritual thing or you just want to make it some weird psychological thing. Like a folly uh, one. Yeah. Something happened to Sean and he convinced this woman that he's her husband. And like, that's why this is the final, the second bath scene when she's like shaking him and being like, you're a liar. You're a liar. And then he's like, I guess. And like, she sits back and then she's just like, <laughs> I thought you were my dead husband. You're just a little boy in my bathtub. (laughs) And suddenly, like, she sees what we've all been seeing. Yeah. She's like, oh, 
my god i, I like, need to go to therapy <laughs> yeah it, i mean nicole kidman at least like has to like like wrestle with it and hey she's like here's my address oh my god <laughs> yeah when, when that line when she says if you were really sean you would have come to me first and i would have explored it with you i'm like okay lady uh-huh that was that was the moment i really squigged out i was like oh gross I saw the kid who plays Sean in another movie once. Mm-hmm. A horrible, horrible horror movie called Walled In. He he was older. He was like seventeen or something in that movie. Okay, but uh, if you, if you want more of Sean's great acting styles, Walled In is where I'd uh, go next. This is a good pivot to another point I have. How do you feel about his performance? Because if the movie hinges on Nicole Kidman, I think the next person that you're going to put a lot of duties on is the kids performance i think it's exactly what the part called for okay i think you needed someone that you can't read if he had been too emotive like he needed to be stone-faced for a lot of this stuff so we could project onto him so we couldn't project onto him like we needed us to like take him literally there couldn't be a hint that he was enjoying this or like taking pleasure in a prank. Like we needed him to be sort of emotionless. Okay. Cause he's, he's sort of just like generic nondescript 12 year old or 10 year old. 10. Yeah. I think he was 10 when they made this movie. too. Yeah. And because if there was any hint that like he was deriving pleasure from this, then it could have read as like a prank or fake or that, that he was like, pulling something over on these people and he couldn't be too uh uh so like serious or 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 uh trying so hard to convince these people like because then then it would seem like he was overplaying his hand like he needed to just be like neutral these are the facts and then people can interpret these facts how they will okay i was kind of uh kind of on the fence on his performance i'll be honest with you because i agree with what you're saying and i think he he's good at it most of the time but there are moments where it felt a little wooden like it was too still waters run deep run deep for me like i needed a little oomph a little life in the character i don't want to say it took me out but it did sort of like make me want to left me wanting a little okay. bit and i mean he's a 10 year old i'm not gonna i think i'm on record as saying kids suck in movies so the fact that he's actually even like passingly good i'm fine with it like and okay. he's better than that he's good he's good it's a lot to ask of a kid actor to be on whatever nicole kidman's level is in this movie oh my god but uh he does he does a good job I, i'll give it to him yeah one scene that I really liked was when, like, the family is basically introduced to the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he, he uh, comes into the apartment with those those late guests, and it's just, uh, they you know, they blow out the candles. Well, all the lights come off, yeah, because yeah. it's a birthday. Right. Lauren Bacall blows out all the candles on her cake. Takes her a couple tries. Oh, my God. But all at once, everyone at the table, like, looks out of frame. Like, they, they look... Uh, yeah, out of frame. The, we don't see the boy. Like, he's not in frame, but everyone's eyes go there. And it's just, it's a really interesting shot to have people 
interacting, talking with something that's not in the frame. Like yeah. a whole group of people like that. Yeah, good point. I'm here to see Anna. Who are you? Who are you? Let's go into the kitchen. I'll tell you there. And like we don't even get like a good look at the kid until they go into the kitchen and talk. And Nicole Kidman handles that like, oh, I'm very flattered, but you're too young. Like I was like, she handles that perfectly. Like maybe in a, another life, but yeah, I'm getting married and uh, but you yeah, silly little guy. Yeah, I was like, she handled that with the perfect amount of grace. And it's because everyone's looking at the same thing. It's sort of like, what are they looking at? Like it makes me want to look at what they're looking at. Yeah, but he doesn't uh, give it to you. Yeah, he doesn't give it to you. For a while. And yeah. so, I don't know, it's just a interesting sort of like withhold. Like, he's getting off on withholding. Mm-hmm. This is not in any way related to what you're talking about, but I want to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, muted color palette. Mm. Like, I, there was a moment where uh, Nicole Kidman's wearing that, like, nude colored dress, and she's laying on her, sh- on her bed, mm-hmm. which is, like, beige sheets. And I'm just like, there's no color in this scene yeah very muted yeah there's a part of me that wants to slam the movie for that but i also kind of like it because it makes me focus on the story and the emotions and i'm not so focused on what does this visually represent it's sort of like i I can't remember who you said but like uh somebody said that like black and white is everybody's friend because it forces wells yeah because it forces you to focus on other things or allows you to focus on other things otherwise like if you make the transition to color suddenly you have to be like well what color is this going to be because that has to represent something blah 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 and we're almost in that with this movie like it's so muted Mm -hmm. that like it could basically be a black and white movie. Like, I guess we get some greens with like the walls, but for the most part, it's a very muted color palette throughout. Definitely. I'm kind of for it in this situation. Like normally I think that's something I would criticize a movie for, but I I liked it in this situation. I also noticed that the woman who played like the maid, she played the actress who played the actress who played Tracy Jordan's mother in 30 Rock. How about that? Uh, in 30 Rock, like, uh, uh, Tracy doesn't know his real mom or, like, ran away or something when he was little. Um, so they hire an actress to play Tracy Jordan's mom. And they're like, oh, we have this actress that looks kind of like you and is in the right age range. And so then she was in this movie. I was like, yeah. Looks like Tracy Morgan. How about that? Yeah. I don't know why I thought that was fun, but <laughs> I like how everyone kind of like lets him run with this for a little while. Everyone's kind of like not amused by it, but interested enough that they want to like see when the facade breaks, I guess. Yeah. Because there's like the little piano quartet recital. And Danny Houston, like, fucking loses it. Yeah, because he does, like, what a kid would do, which is, like, kick the back of your seat. Yeah. I'd like you to stop that. And, yeah, everyone's just sort of waiting for the kid to break in some way or to, like, give it up. Yeah. And he never does. And instead, other people break. Not a funny matter. (gasps) Not a funny matter. Stay away. Stay away. Joe. Yeah, you're you're talking about uh, everybody just letting him do his thing, 
And that is sort of like a lead up to my favorite scene, which I think I mentioned earlier when it's like Anna, Nicole Kidman's character, goes to Pancake's house and Anne Heche's house and was like, <sighs> just literally is summing up the movie through her lens. It's such a good scene because A, she acts it very well. And she, she's she's walking this line of like, I know it's preposterous, but this... I. I'm buying it. Like, I know everyone around me is telling me he's crazy kid and he's going to like, it's going to, the, the, you know, mask is going to fall off at some point. But like right now, I don't know if I want that to happen. And I'm coming to you because you knew him and I don't know what else to do. I, I feel like I'm going crazy. And I really think that we need that scene. And it's a, I, I don't know if it's a one-er. I can't remember. But it's like, it's just a close-up of her. And she's just acting the shit out of it. Yeah, I think it's a one-er with like maybe some quick cuts. So that they could maybe use the beginning of one scene and the end of another. But And I mean, I can't think of another movie where someone's just sitting there summarizing what we've seen. I I think this kind of goes back to like what I was saying at the beginning. Where like, like Jonathan Glazer seems to understand genre really well. Mm-hmm. And he knows that like drama like at its core is like just people like being with their emotions and that's what he really like lets Nicole Kidman do like like he probably just did this like okay we're gonna do this like four times in a row or something you just do the whole monologue and and then we're just gonna keep the camera on you you do it one take and then he probably was like well we'll splice it up we'll do inserts of Pancake's house and and uh you know, uh, uh, baby, Haitian baby, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, former Mrs. Lesbian. <laughs> and like, he, he, he understands that like, that's like half of what we watch these dramas for is like what these people look like when they're really emoting. It's taken me this long and I can't get him out of my system. I can't, I can't, it's not gotten any easier for me and uh, I met uh, I met Joseph and he he loves me he sincerely does love me and he's you know he's been dealing with me on this he's been um, he, he's been accepting of it and he's not he's not growing insecure because of him I mean he's 10 years old he, he just understands how drama is supposed to be on film to me like all the, all the like the little nitpicking about like the plot and like how I would have asked 10,000 more questions it's like that's all sort of surface that's not really Do you care watching it while you're watching it not particular like a little bit like it is bothering me like when like the brother-in-law or whatever comes over the uh, the former brother-in-law I guess comes over and is interrogating him I was like I would be asking a hundred more questions yeah um but I mean, to really the fabric of the movie, like the the world that this movie has built, I'm just like, no, it all kind of makes sense that people are sort of tacitly kind of believing this kid. Like yeah. they're not saying that they believe them, but there's this understanding that, yeah, this kid might be Sean. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, Jonathan Glazer, he just, he gets that genre. I mean, maybe it's why he only makes like one movie a decade. Because uh, he's fine. he's got to absorb all the elements of like what makes a specific genre like interesting to the audience. I look forward to his action movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he'll do some war movie, and it'll be fucking better than Avatar. Yeah.
getting to the end here but i have a question for you this is a la bettina McKelvey and emily shahan they have a game that they love to play called bigger birth <laughs> it's a fun philosophical game okay like what is more philosophically okay fucking a gentleman who has a grown-up's body but the mentality of a child or a child's body that has the mentality of an adult go there is a correct answer. Oh, boy. I don't think there is a correct answer. <laughs> because, like, like before the bathtub scene and Sean's, like, undressing, it's just like, I don't want to see how far this shot goes. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Time out. <laughs> yes. Once he starts taking off the clothes, I was like, okay. Pause, movie. I don't need to... Like, in that, which is crazy because he's putting us in Nicole Kidman's scene where it's like, okay, how do you feel about this boy at this point? Yeah. As he's, like, be, like sexualizing himself. <laughs> well, because, like, the reason why we have things like, you know, statutory rape laws and things like that, it's not 100% because of, like, physical maturity. It's emotional maturity that, mm-hmm. that you know... If someone with the mind of like a fourteen-year-old were even if their mind was transplanted into a twenty-eight-year-old, would it still be morally wrong to have sex with them? Probably. <laughs> and it's if like, you ask me. I'm like, well, that that's the argument, right? It's like that they're not emotionally capable of making these decisions and can't actually consent to this stuff, yeah, even though they look like an adult. So having sex with with Big, <laughs> and I'm of course referring to Mr. Big from Sex in the City. Wrong on all accounts. Right. <laughs> Even though I think Tom Hanks has sex in that movie, he does. That's yeah. why it's like. Mm. Also, she should have gone with Aiden. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So the reverse of that, though, boy, there is nothing about Sean that I could possibly sexualize. I know you can't do it. If you're a good, decent human being, I guess I choose celibacy. <laughs> That's the right answer. Oh, you did okay. it. Okay, good job. Yeah, I no. guess I choose celibacy. No, both are wrong. Both are wrong. Like, you think of, like, somebody, um, you know, um, like a mentally disabled person who has, like, a limited capacity. And, like, you you know, I don't know if doctors still do this, but they're, like, they're, like, uh, they're basically at the, at the level of, like, you know, a fifth grader or something. Yeah. Like, even though they're an adult or something like that. It's, like, I'm not going to fuck that person yeah I'm sorry you're you're they're probably a wonderful person they could be hot as hell and i'm still gonna be like no thank you and this situation is the same with this one where it's like so are you saying that uh we'll say it's a big situation right this is and a big situation chris o'donnell came up to you chris o'donnell 1995. Circa 1995 straight off the set of mad love and he's like you want to play with my train yeah I'd still have to be like, I am sorry. I'm going to leave you now and go home and jerk off a bunch. But no, that's just wrong. It's wrong. I couldn't yeah. do it. I really couldn't. Yeah, in this situation, I mean, I couldn't. I just couldn't. Like yeah. th- that when he starts t- 
taking off his pants. Oh no! It, like I like that's that's something I didn't remember. And like when it was happening, I was like, how do I not remember this? <laughs> I, like I mean, traumatized right now. It's crazy. Like because, and I think what what makes this movie great is because like he's putting you in Nicole Kidman's position in that point. Like you have to really reckon with like, is this? <laughs> and Nicole Kidman chose poorly. <laughs> Yeah, they're, he's like, you into it? <laughs> mm? Mm? Little boy in his undies? And I'm like, no, please stop the shot. But Nicole Kidman, yeah, she was like, okay, keep going. Husband in a 10-year-old's body. Oh, my God. Yikes. Yeah. And when you're 21, we'll get married. Oh. I'm still, I mean, I, I, liked, I liked this movie and I liked it even more on second viewing, but... It is it is a disturbing drama. Like I, I understand why they wanted to put in the horror thriller genre because it it's it it's there's still almost like a science fiction element to it. Like it almost feels like fantasy. Yeah. A oh, little bit. oh yeah, hundred percent. Uh, and it's not like there's nothing in the movie that makes that that the movie lands like firmly in like reality. reality yeah. But. It's like there's these elements of fantasy to it. Nothing gets me quite as upset as this movie. Like, it really, it took me four years to want to talk about it Yeah, on the podcast. And I'm glad I waited that long. But, like, I'm also glad that you chose it because it was like, I'm, like, I'm, you know, in my determination to get through, like, the muss on my my podcast list. Mm -hmm. I was like, we have to talk about birth. Like, (laughs) Ryan wants to talk about it more than I do, and I want to talk about it a lot. So, I'm gonna pick it if he doesn't. It's a good watch. I'm glad. I'm glad we're getting these. Like, let's just do the important ones for a while. Yeah, because I feel like it's been a it's been a fun uh, little ride so far. Yeah, absolutely. Like on the second half of season 19, <laughs> <laughs> the back half of season 19, we're finally getting to the important ones. Yeah, it's been good. It's been real satisfying. Just gonna say it. Good choice, Ryan. I really enjoyed watching it. <laughs> Yeah, good good pick. Since we're good patting pick. ourselves on the back earlier, I'm just going to pat myself on the back right now. Good job, Ryan. Uh, anyway, Matt, that means we're at the end of season 19. Oh, my God. It's time for our 190th episode. Jesus Christ. Which means it's time for a... All right. There's no turning back now, I guess. What are we doing? <laughs> we haven't done a gay director since Haynes Her Way. Just wait till we get our Haynes on you. That was over a year ago. That was over a year ago. That was yes. pre-pandemic. That, that, that was 2019. Yeah, it would have been December 2019. Jesus Christ. We've been neglecting our brethren directors. Well, then I think it's high time that we honored one. And we're we're really going to bring them to the to the stadium on this one. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, sold out arena show for, for this double feature. Oh, I can't wait to, to hear who we're honoring and what we're going to do. We're going to do uh, uh, Rainier Werner Fassbender Binder? It's Binder, yeah. Uh, and we're doing two of his best-known movies, Martha and Veronica Voss. All right. 
I mean, we've already done the Bitter Tears of Peter Van Cunt. Yeah, of course. So let's do some other lady-themed movies directed by a gay man from Germany. <laughs> yep. In the 70s. Uh, so, yeah. Um, if that doesn't get him coming to the podcast, <laughs> I don't know what will. But, you know, during January when I was working a whole bunch, I re-listened to a bunch of episodes, and I'll be damned if our Petra Von Kant episode, uh, comma, Bitter Tears Of, isn't one of my favorites. Oh, no. How come? No, it is one of, like... Oh, it is? Yeah, it is one of my favorites. Um, Claudia Casey, extra, I'm giving her a shout out here, sent us a message on Patreon a couple of months ago saying that uh, while listening, re-listening to that episode, they almost crashed their car. (laughs) Because they were laughing so hard. Exactly. So go back, check it out, people. Um, and I put off watching a bunch of Fassbender movies um, because I knew that you wanted to pick one for the podcast, but I didn't know which one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I'll just wait for Ryan to pick it. And then four years later, you finally did. <laughs> and after that, I watched a whole bunch. And uh, these are the two that I would consider to be my favorite from that viewing onslaught well i'm excited because uh guess what matt full disclosure i've only seen two rainier michael fassbender movies uh bitter tears and no rainier Werner, not rainier michael what the fuck bitter tears and querel oh god so which of course we're i I think that's the obvious choice for us if you know us and you know what our tastes are but guess what people that movie sucks (laughs) It does. It just flat out sucks. It's very stylish, though. No, right, fine, if you want to give it something. Yeah. But I'm not sitting through that again. I hated that movie. Oh. So, yeah, yeah, a bold statement. Let's watch some Let's watch some good Fastbinder. Controversial take from Ryan. Uh, Veronica Voss is at least fairly well known by him. Martha, like, I think I just, like, watched it. I was like, yeah, why the hell not? <laughs> yeah, I th- no, he's well known for that one, too. I is think. he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, Lady Names and... And fast binders. <laughs> we'll we'll sleep on it. Nothing will bring them to the podcast like two obscure German films. Okay, let's plug our junk. Get the fuck out of here. On the sort of topic of coin, please go to our Patreon. That's right. We've got tons of bonus content, and uh, it helps support the podcast in ways you can't imagine. <laughs> In some ways that you can. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash X-Rated Movies. And if you don't want to pay money, uh, give us some free support by uh, leaving a review or yeah, leaving a review. Yeah. Uh, that's a great way to support us. Or telling a friend is the other way. Like, let, If you like this podcast and you know somebody who likes movies who might think that we're funny and engaging, then uh, let them know. Tell them about it. And uh, uh, outside of that, you can always, uh, this is where you drop, uh, reach out and touch us. Reach out, touch us. Gmail, uh, x.rated.movies at gmail.com. Okay. Facebook, at Rated X Movies. Mm-hmm. Twitter, at X-Rated Movies. And uh, go to our website, xratedmovies.com. The ever-expanding X-Rated universe. Yeah. Uh, until next week, when we do our 19th double feature of... Rainier, Werner, Fastbinders, Martha, and Veronica Voss. Veronica Voss. Keep reaching for that rainbow. Bye. Bye.